Hi there. We are all feeling that times are tough right now. At least it's not as bad as it was during the GFC. But how far off that reality are we? I'm Aaron Young. Let's find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Welcome economists are predicting there is a 50-50 chance that we'll be entering a recession within the next year, sparing the downturn of the past few years, which was brought about by some pretty exceptional circumstances during COVID. The last major recession the world faced was way back in 2008. The so-called global financial crisis, the GFC, was the worst the world had seen since the Great Depression. While Australia fared relatively well throughout that period, much of the rest of the world had only just recovered to where they were before things occurred with, of course, the COVID virus as well. So where are the similarities between 2008 and now? Would another recession be just as bad for the global economy? Find out more. Let's bring in Will Banks of Shillings Capital. Great to see you. There's a lot of people looking at this period of time, comparing it to 08. How does it stack up? Um, there are similarities, but there are also differences. The GFC was really a, a macroeconomic event, whereas um, uh, the COVID event, as I call it, was... It's more of a macro micro. Um, the GFC was driven by um, a sector, whereas COVID was obviously driven by the global pandemic. Um, GFC, I think everybody would agree, was, was caused by reckless lending and subprime market greed, um, whereas COVID is really driven by a, by a pandemic, which I think everyone would agree wasn't, wasn't intentional, uh, but it still have, uh, it's still having a pretty, pretty major impact. Um, on the economy. I guess um, one of the things the that you look at, though, is a, a bit of a bubble, right? So in the first one in 08, there was the bubble, as you mentioned, from the subprime mortgage crisis, where all of a sudden you had all these people owning homes that they couldn't afford to pay for and have been building for a while. Have we seen something similar with the bubble, though, that's been happening in the tech sector, where so much money has been spent and so much money lost at the same time? Uh, could that be leading uh, to causing banks? We saw uh, Silicon Valley Bank, we've seen Signature Bank start to go through tough times as well. Is that a precursor? for a GFC? Um, they were driven by different events. Um, they, were, they were driven by the, 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 their connection to the bond market and the fact that they weren't actually hedging their, their interest rate. The point about the, 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 uh, the housing market is there is similarities in the sense that the subprime market, people are encouraged to borrow and enter into the subprime market with the, the promises of huge profits. Um, where we, What we've got at the moment is a, a, it was a promise by the uh, the RBA that interest rates wouldn't go up and the market was encouraged to borrow, which is what's happened. And one of the reasons why we are where we are is the fact that interest rates mm. did go up, despite the fact that the RBA said they wouldn't be going up until 2024. And as you know, it's, we've had 12 increases already. So there is similarities. Obviously, regulatory hurdles as well. Things have changed. Things, lessons learned during the GFC were meant to prevent it from happening again, particularly when it came to borrowings. As the banks start to need to make changes because so many people are facing mortgage stress across Australia and indeed across the world, could that mean that some of the regulatory changes are essentially scaled back, leading to a potential crisis? Um, I don't think there'll be uh, scale back. There were a lot of le lessons learned from the, the GFC with regards to lending and banks. Um, there's a much more of a focus on financial regulation, um, certain acts like Dodd-Frank, which include living wills, there's systemic risk awareness, um, liquidity funding, uh, and the big two, big, too big to fail concept as well was, um, uh, was, was very much considered and ring fencing certain areas of banks to, to ensure that they 
uh, didn't fall under uh, you know immense stress. So um, I don't think regulatory um, uh, approach will be would we scale back. I think if anything, it will probably be uh, held um, in higher regard. Really, I think it's it, to ensure that um, something similar to the GFC doesn't doesn't occur. I guess one of the, the similarities as well uh, was that we saw from the GFC was things got really tough for a lot of people, including in Australia. And one of the ways the government tried to get out of it was paying those $700 stimulus checks, uh, the plasma TV checks, as people used to call them, uh, to try and keep the economy going as well. The difference here is so much of that stimulus money has already been spent during COVID. Governments are trying to pair it back at a time where inflation has been soaring over the past year and a half in response to the war in Ukraine, but also all that money flowing around in the economy from stimulus put in by governments as well. We're unlikely to see stimulus as a way to try and get out of a difficult time this time, right? Totally agree. Um, you know, the target is still trying to reach four and a half percent unemployment, two to three percent inflation. Um, absolutely right. They've, they've released several support packages. Um, um, and the issue is now is what else can they do? I mean, from my perspective, they can't pump more money into the economy because that's going to have the opposite effect of what they're trying to achieve. So really, the only thing that could be left is that they raise taxes. Um, and those taxes may be focused towards those that haven't been affected by the 12, the 12 hikes that most people have been affected by. But the problem with that is, um, will they want to do that? Because you're looking at voter retention uh, and politicians don't like to lose that. Yeah, and that is an issue here in that politics will be playing a part. How different do you think it will be this time around compared to what we saw during the GFC, where there was a lot of pressure on governments to try and avoid it? Um, there was big concern between what the public wanted, which was for the banks to suffer consequences, and then, of course, too big to fail. How does that look this time around? Yeah, so when you look at the Rudd government, the Albanese government, um, there are slight differences. Um, the Rudd government immediately dropped the cash rate by 100 basis points when the GFC kind of got, got its stranglehold. Whereas you look at the Albanese government, I mean, there's, there's been 12 interest rate hikes that have occurred, so that's a difference. So I'd say there's an inverse relationship there. Um, but at the same time, what they've both done is that they have released stimulus packages, job packages, um, which I think is a good thing. Um, but I think they do need to be very cautious of, of inflation. But I think when you look at both of those, those two economic events, there was the, the economies were different. So when you look at COVID, inflation's hit around about 7.8%, um, uh, whereas during COVID it was about, five, uh, sorry, um, during the GFC it was around about 5%. So there are, there are differences and there are different constraints where, which will have an impact in terms of how the government manages this situation. I look back to 2019, pre-COVID, and we were talking about quantitative easing as being the direction that everything was heading into, as in below zero, uh, ways to try and keep the economy going. That was before COVID kicked in, where we suddenly saw um, so much money flowing around the economy, which was the opposite of what many economists thought would happen, which is the reason why stimulus went in there as well. What's the difference between now where we're at and 2019, where we were talking about quantitative easing, and now, of course, it's about pushing up interest rates rates to a point to slow down the economy? Well, the reason why they're putting up, pushing up interest rates is because of the quantitative easing. Um, so the, you know, the, so the, was that the a mistake? Do you think that was a mistake back in 2019? 100%. 100% really? it was a mistake. Absolutely. And what, do you think it was recognised at the time? Um, 
But I don't think they did it intentionally. I think they, 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 they did it for the reasons that they, they felt were best um, for the economy at the time. Um, I had concerns that you know, pumping money into the economy where you're trying to um, uh, encourage it to grow, I think had, was, was a little bit reckless in the sense that there was already a, a inflation on the horizon purely because um, everybody was locked down, everyone was locked in. And there was money floating around the economy, mm-hmm. partly because people couldn't spend it abroad, but second of all, because they were being supported by by stimulus packages for you know job seekers and uh, and alike. Uh, and then by pumping more money into the economy to encourage the housing market to grow uh, and getting easier loans and ten times income, it, it essentially exacerbated that situation. Mm. Uh, we've only got a minute left. Just quickly, your thoughts on the new Reserve Bank governor. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's nice. First, first lady Michelle to have her um, as as governor. Um, she's she's a you know a seasoned RBA exec. She's been with the bank since uh, the 80s. Do I think that there's going to be a huge amount of difference under her watch? Possibly. She's already made some differences with regards to eight meetings instead of the 12. But you've got to realise that she was also sitting around the table when those 12 hikes were agreed and released. Um, so, do I think it's going to be a paradigm shift? Um, with her as, as governor, mm. stepping up from deputy governor, possibly not. Uh, right. But I think it's I think it's a good thing. Okay, Will Banks, appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Thank you. And that is the program for now. For more, you can head to tickernews.co. I'm Aaron Young. I hope to see you soon.